Ever have one of those days where you get out there and you're like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. And then something pops into your head and you're like, okay, let's call an audible. Now I'm going to do this uh, in a slower fashion because I was reminded yesterday by somebody that was listening <clears throat> that um, I may give this out too fast. So the carpro.com talk line is one 800 905 0989. The Common Sense Retirement Planning text line is 71307. We are streaming live right now on Rumble, X, and Facebook. If that's your cup of tea. So, since this began, since Straight Talk began, I have, uh, <clears throat> I began looking more at the local scene than I used to. And I'm seeing something here that I find quite interesting because I've seen this many, 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 many times. I make no secret of the fact that I am not the perfect homo sapien. I have made plenty of mistakes. I will make plenty more mistakes. One of the reasons I do not run for public office is because I will have to defend some of those mistakes. Most mistakes we make are dumb mistakes. They're, they're, they're bad calls in judgment, right? When I had the heart attack, which I know sometimes your eyes cross when I keep going back to that, but a whole lot of my recovery came down to prayer and not mine. A lot of other people were praying. And uh, and that, I, I'm sure that had something to do with it. There were some other things that happened during that stay that I'm not going to go into right now. But I, I sort of got a, let's just say I got an inside track. Now, as I'm looking around right now today, and I take this look at the more local scene and everything, I'm trying to uh, insinuate myself, and sometimes I get invited to insinuate myself into the local, what's going on locally, because I believe all politics start at the local level. But over the course of time that I've been doing this, and I've been, I've been watching this, see, I know... I know God is real. I know the Judeo-Christian foundation is what makes us great. I know it's what makes us exceptional. I also know that some people use it as a shield. I've had to consider this a lot, whether I was going to articulate this or not. I just decided why not. So here's what I would say. If, if you're out there and you want to be in politics and everything, you need to understand one thing. God is not a blunt instrument that you're going to be able to beat people over the head with to get them to change your mind, their mind and think what you think. God is my reward for my life, for my trying to live my life the right way. That's the reward it is. That's, and, and, and I gather strength from that, knowing that the more I do this, the more the reward comes true. But I also, like I said, I have an inside track. So knowing this, I've been seeing a lot of this stuff out there where uh, I see a lot of slinging going on out there, which I don't understand. And this, this you know, but then when I think about it, when I think about what's going on, 
in the Republican Party where we can't coalesce, we can't get cohesive, we can't come up with one idea that we say, yeah, I'm in, I'm in agreement. Um, I sort of get it. And I say this to you humbly as one, I, I am one of the sinners. I've made the mistakes. I'm not an angel. But we're going to have to play this life out with the cards we've been dealt. And for some of us, that's going to mean other roles that we may, other than the ones we think we may be predestined or, or, or great at or something like that. Getting out there, and I, I've seen many examples of this. Okay, many, many. And I, I just sit back and I'm like shaking my head going, do you actually think that's going to work? Politics is man's feeble attempt to govern himself. It is our feeble attempt to try to remain civilized. Um, if we actually had uh, Judeo-Christian values built into it, we wouldn't have to fight the fight. We would be civilized, wouldn't we? But for a lot of us, it's just words. And it's just like, it's becoming a, the, the, the part that bugs me the most is becoming part, it's getting lost in all of the other disinformation out there. It's being used as a, let me say this about you, let me tell you this about you, but I am a Christian. And I learned a long time ago that if you are, you don't have to say it. I learned a long time ago that if you are, it can be sensed. I've been around some real ones and I've been around some that claim to be. So I say, I say this to you simply. For, for those of you that are out there, that if you're listening to me right now and you think I'm talking to you directly, I might be. This is not to say that religion does not have a place in our political discourse today. As a matter of fact, all of it should spring from that. What it is to say, however, is that some of us look at you and we see you for what you are and we see what you're doing for what it is. And all that's happening right now, listen, there's, there's a lot of things out there. There's a lot of people in office today in every strata that should be deposed. And if you don't do something effective to do it, besides get out there and make your proclamations and slinging some mud and everything, guess what? And I'll, I'll explain. I'll, I will tell you how this works out exactly, okay? For everybody that's out there doing this, that's using God as a bludgeon, as a blunt object, they're the ones that couldn't control themselves before they quote-unquote found God. And now that they've done it, they still can't control themselves. They think that this is something it isn't. They're not using it as salvation. They're using it as affirmation. They're using it as something where they get out there and say, I have this on my side, so I am right, and therefore I am more worthy, and you are scum. And, you know, I just sit back and I'm like, you, you, need, to read the, you need to read the manual again, pal. You do. You do. Because that's not what it's about. I've known a lot of guys that found God. And what it did to them was miraculous. 
And one of the, one of the great things about it is you lose fear. <laughs> and when you operate without fear, you're a very dangerous individual. And for those of you that couldn't control yourselves in the past and you made some mistakes, absolutely, you can change. Everybody can have a catharsis, one of those epiphanous moments. And you can become someone else. You can become a better someone else. And some of those things from your past are going to predicate your future. I'm sorry. Everything has consequences. Especially while you're here on this mortal earth. Now, if you have truly found what you claim to have found, then in the hereafter, you will be blessed. If you have not, <laughs> well, you know the other part of it. You either don't believe it's actually real, or you believe that you can use this as, like I said, a blunt instrument, and it isn't. And when some of us look at you with just this plain expression on our face, that's because, one, we see you for what you are, and two, we're not afraid of you for any of your bellowings or any of that. And when I say you, I'm not talking about any one singular person. I'm talking about a bunch of people. I'm talking about a bunch of people. So take that for what it's worth. Take it for what it's worth. And if you use it, fine. You'll get out there and uh, you'll get out there and say something along other lines. That's fine. I get it. When we get back, I, as a matter of fact, I'm so sorry. This, this leads into where, where we're going because I'm real tired of the way we just lose things all the time in the Republican Party. This is one of the reasons. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD. With all of the Democrat destruction all over the place right now, the one place that we have power, you would think we'd be swinging that around, but we're not. We're not swinging that around at all. The carpro.com talk line is one 800 The Common Sense Retirement Planning text line is 71307. We can't even get it together to do a little show impeachment and show that we actually know how to coalesce enough to do something that doesn't really matter. To, to show that we actually are aware that some people might be upset with certain policies. Like the immigration and the border and that kind of thing. We can't even get together for that. Back in the late 20 teens, you remember, we were doing really well. The economy was strong. The border was secure. All of our enemies were just sitting back going, we don't know what that orange man's going to do. They were all afraid. And despite all of the stuff trying to disrail the Trump administration, and despite the lack of help from the uh, uh, legislative branch altogether, it was a great time, and the conservatives were winning despite themselves. Supreme Court, the federal judiciary, all being transformed into an originalist-dominated branch of government. Iran, North Korea, Russia, they weren't moving around. We were a net exporter of abundant American energy, and uh, we, you know, Iran and Russia... We were, we, were, we were shutting off their revenue flow. Things were not perfect. They're never going to be perfect. But then COVID hit. Then COVID hit. And most politicians, there were a few that didn't, but most of them locked us down. They set children's, children back years in their education, slammed the door on economic growth, ruined livelihoods, and sparked a surge of mental health and substance abuse issues. 
Trump then had the uh, election stolen from him. That was one of the reasons they had to do that. They had to lock that down to get this mail-in voting thing going because that's where all the fraud was happening in a lot of places. And when all of the mail-in votes are going for Biden and not a one is going for Trump, I cry shenanigans. The Supreme Court, despite their some, some of the dubious things they've done, uh, they have held the line as best they can, but they're just one branch of the government. They've struck, they've struck down many Biden administration executive actions. They ended Roe. But since the Dobbs decision, the conservatives are just taking L's, left, right, and center, loss after loss after loss. Then we have the 2022 midterms. Where we were all sitting around. I was like, this is going to be a red tsunami, cowabunga, baby. And except for Florida and New York... It just didn't happen. It just sputtered. It just went out. We were supposed to, we should have taken so much control over the Senate. But we don't have that. The murder turtle did not get active. I guess he was vapor locking at that point, like he does sometimes. We only barely gained a majority in the House. And then, once we gained the majority in the House, we started alienating some of the Republicans to where they resigned or we kicked them out or whatever. Do you think the Democrats would ever do that? There's not, I mean, Cori Bush. Look at what she's, look at what she's into. Look at AOC. Look at Ilhan Omar. Are any of them, you know, what do they do? They just don't say nothing about them. It's like I was taught when I was a young kid. If you don't have, if you don't have anything good to say, just don't say nothing at all. They maintain their numeric, whatever it is. We couldn't elect a leader in the Republican side of the House. Then we had to we had to do negotiations to where we finally got a leader, but he was on such thin ice that the first time he combed his hair wrong, boom, he's out of there. Matt Gates is like, I knew you were what you are. And out you go. Then we're speakerless again. And then we go into more chaos, unnecessary chaos for days without a leader. Then we, we started playing musical chairs. Jim Jordan, you want to be leader? No, okay. Steve Scalise, you want to be leader? No, okay. We tried everybody. Mike Johnson, we get Mike Johnson. Mike Johnson's done as good a job as going to get done. <laughs> it's not the leader in this case. It's the machine. So then they decided to have a little show impeachment and impeach Alejandro Mayorkas. And who doesn't want to see him impeached? There's some Democrats that want to see him impeached. And instead... While we've got these other guys thinking it's a smoking hot idea to do something just to show we're doing something, even though we know it's not going to go any further than this, then we had three Republicans that got out there and they had to stand on my principles. We ain't got to stand on my integrity, and I'm not running again anyway. So I'm going to stand on this too. And then they voted with the Democrats. And then everybody on the other side where they really wanted to impeach Mayorkas is going, maybe we shouldn't have got rid of that Santos guy. Maybe we shouldn't have run off Kevin McCarthy. And my, my first thought is that the Republicans, they got out there and they came up with one plan. They said, this is great. We're going to do it. It's going to work. They didn't have a plan B, C, D, E, F, G. They didn't have any of that. See, the Democrats, they'll get out there and they'll come to you and say, we want the Starship Enterprise. And if you give them an 87 Yugo that's only got three wheels on it, they'll take it. Because they're going to build that into the USS Enterprise. Give it time. They don't care. They'll play the long game. They used to have to play the long game because 
they knew that uh, all of this uh, incrementalism was easier for you to take, and you would not notice it. It'd be the slow boil. Now, uh, they they do the incrementalism. Uh, they they want to go for the whole hog, but they just keep doing it incrementally because now they're afraid of you. We 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 didn't pass a standalone aid bill to support Israel this week. They're the ones that said we had to have it. I agree with them, but they they couldn't pass it. You had a few members of the GOP conference and they blocked rules votes and froze the legislative process and prevented any vote from taking place as a stunt to flex their muscles. It's a game. I, I got I got told this one time before. I called Lindsey Graham's office and I was like, why are you guys allowing them to bring up? This is when the uh, Republicans held the Senate. And I, I asked his staff, why are you allowing them to bring up gun control in the Senate? And they said, oh, well, we love it when they bring up gun control. Therefore, we can show them all this stuff. And I was just thinking, you guys think this is a board game, don't you? So right now, your federal government, especially the Republicans, are sitting around uh, getting out here and doing all kinds of stuff uh, to... Uh, try to look good while the world implodes around them. And that in and of itself is a failure. And you know, the, the, the Senate Republicans I just had, we just had the border security legislation dead on arrival. He Johnson called it what it was and it died unceremoniously in a procedural vote held in the Senate on Wednesday. Um, we're not going to get a win from the upper chamber anytime soon either. So we got to learn, we got to teach these guys how to win. And if we can't teach them how to win, then we're going to have to do it unless, and I keep coming back to the states. The states are the salvation, the states are the saving grace of the country. Thank God for the states. Because, you know, if uh, the very best thing I could think of that might would happen to D.C. in order for us to reset everything. And I know some of you have some heroes up there, and I don't mean to upset you or anything, would be for a gigantic sinkhole to appear all over that whole city. <laughs> Out of there. Oh, my God, what a tragedy. I guess we'll have to start all over again. Who wants gum? Beers are on me. Federal government is a failure. It is a failure. And the Republicans are the, I mean, the, the part of the Democrats, they're very successful, but they're very evil. They're not Democrats anymore. They're communists. They're socialists. They're totalitarian. The rest of it, Republicans, you guys are hapless. The press is never going to like you. The Democrats don't like you. It's getting to the point now to where your constituents don't like you. And I hate to tell you this. I got told this when I was in the military. When I was in uh, PLDC, I had my instructor who was a sergeant. We were training to be sergeants. He looks at us and he says, Sergeants, if you're a leader without any followers, that's really messed up. And that's your world, Republicans. You should probably embrace that. I saw, uh, I, I saw this and I just thought it was hilarious. And I'm sure everybody else has already talked about it. And I, too, will talk about it. I'm talking about Nikki Haley's explanation for what happened in Nevada. That's just for the comic relief, you know. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD.
I'm beginning to see a very disturbing pattern in this. I don't know if this is evil or mental illness. I don't know. I don't know. The carpro.com talk line is 1-800-905-0989. The Common Sense Retirement Planning text line is 71307. Nikki Haley is starting to remind me of the Manson girls. Now, some of you are too young to know what I'm talking about, and I'm not talking about Shirley Manson of Garbage, and I'm not talking about Marilyn Manson. I'm talking about the Manson family, the ones that did Helter Skelter in the 60s. And the Manson girls would always look at the camera without blinking and always with this vacuous smile on their face, believing whatever it was they told you, no matter how insane it might be. And Nikki is going that way. She, she's, she'll look at the camera, and no matter how bad she loses, there's a reason she lost, and it wasn't really what we saw. It was this way. Now, Nikki Haley, <laughs> for whatever, whatever she had to do, she had to do something to get on the ballot, right? I don't know how that works, but you don't just pop up on the ballot. See, Trump didn't do anything to get on the ballot, so he wasn't on the ballot. So she gets on the ballot, and what she's looking for is a symbolic victory. No, I don't mean Charlie's Angels. And uh, she, uh, she gets out there, and then she loses by 30% to nobody. And everybody's out there, oh, Bill, of course you know that means Trump. No, it doesn't mean Trump. It means that uh, she's out there, uh, it, it was rigged. She's saying it was rigged. So let's let's take stock. I'm, I want to take stock in this because this is beginning to create a very uh, alarming pattern here. In Iowa, when she came in third, she declared the 2024 GOP primary race a two-person contest. Ron DeSantis beat her in that one. He, he, he got second place to her third, and then he dropped out because he saw what was going on, and he said, okay, not for me. Then in New Hampshire, not even a deluge of leftist voters and independents and all the moderates that were out there could take and make the Granite State a win for her. At this particular moment, the last time she won an election was the last time she won a re-election for governor. And she hasn't won a primary contest yet. So her best opportunity was here in Nevada on Tuesday to clinch a victory, albeit symbolic. Now, the Nevada Republican Party, the ones that are actually in charge of how this works, declared that all delegates would be allocated through the caucus held on Thursday. So Trump wasn't on that primary ballot. Haley only faced Tim Scott and Mike Pence, and she still lost. And then, uh, you know, she says it was rigged. She lost by 30% to nobody in particular, none of the above. We don't like you. Whatever, whatever, whatever the thing was. And I have to say now that Nikki is probably an election denier. And, and that is that is the truth now on the text line. Nikki could have been on the caucus ballot. There's nothing that prevented Nikki from being on the caucus ballot. And she's out there saying, well, we knew that this was all rigged to begin with, and we didn't want to spend the money to get on the caucus ballot. But you did something to get on the primary ballot, and you still lost. None of these candidates outvoted Haley 62.9% to 30.8%. <laughs> uh, 
And I, I don't know. I, I've long suspect, suspected this about Nikki Haley's staffers. Nikki Haley's staffers love her and would do anything for her. I think up to murdering people and or exposing themselves to blind people if told to do so. And for that reason, I think everybody's still telling her, you are the thing, Nikki. It hasn't really come out yet. This All you got to do is have the staying power. You've got the money. You don't have to worry about running out of money because you got all these leftists supporting you. So it doesn't matter. Win's a win, Nikki. Except when you lose to nobody. She wants us to be a two-person race. And she imagines it is a two-person race. And the guys that actually might have had a chance against her, not because they're guys, but because they've actually you know, done something, uh, they all dropped out because they realized there was no path to victory. You know, I, I, I could go out and find all these philosophers. I could find Sun Tzu and, you know, uh, Confucius. All these guys would say, if there's no path to victory, don't fight the fight. Now, Trey Gowdy, for whatever reason, somebody wanted to know what his opinion was, and he mentioned during the New Hampshire primary that neither Tim Scott and Nikki Haley, none of them were hated by Palmetto State voters. I don't know that I would say I hate her. I'm just done with her. She's useless. She was useless as the governor, and she's useless now. Tim Scott, Tim has... Uh, I, think he has I think he has a lot of the right ideas. I don't know... I really don't understand why some of these guys don't understand where their moment is in history and they don't just seize it when it occurs. Uh, maybe it's out of fear or something. I don't know if they think they go too far. They're going to, they're not going to be able to pull it back, whatever it is. Sometimes you just got, I mean, skydivers do it every day. Skydivers jump out of a perfectly good running airplane and they think my chute is going to open. No doubt about it. My, I trust my chute. So sometimes you got to get out there, and that's I think politicians today are so risk averse. That's what I like about Trump. Trump couldn't care less. <laughs> Let's go to the phones real quick. Let's talk to Dominic from Greer. He wants to talk about Nikki. What do you want to tell me about Nikki there, Dominic? What's what? What are you thinking? Good morning, Bill. I got something I want to shoot your way this morning about Nikki Haley. Okay. Why isn't she considered an acceptable candidate? Uh, you know, I, I mean, people they want to insult her, but they're not they're not uh, saying anything about her record. Well, as far as I can I tell, well, well she doesn't really up. have a record that's worth talking about. It besides, you know, she 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 caved on the Confederate flag. Uh, you know, that was that that's really what everybody remembers has, her for. She has an excellent history of working with other people, and she's just not being her record is not being pointed out accurately in. I don't think is I don't think that's really accessible. But on the other side, you were talking about Ron DeSantis a few weeks ago. Yeah. You were saying he's that good. He's going to be president. Yeah. Okay. I don't know if this slipped your mind or not. This is the guy that said that he hopes Jack Smith does his job on Donald Trump. So. That's his last option to grasp at something as corrupt as that, knowing that Jack Smith is a Soros-appointed lawyer. And I just couldn't believe that you would... Uh, Soros appointed him to the DOJ? Uh, he's not appointed by Soros, but he is he's financially 
40 bucks for us. Oh, okay. Well, that I, I would like to see that trail on that one, to be honest with you, because that would be quite scandalous. I mean, if that's his only hope is hoping that he, he locks up Donald Trump, to get to the office, I think. Did he say? Uh, did he say he hoped he locked him up, or did he say he hoped he did his job? He said he hoped he did his job, which is basically essentially saying the same thing. Well, no, it isn't. What's happening to all the all all the persecutions of Donald Trump right now? The person <laughs> he's spending a lot of money. They're spending a lot of money, and they're all falling apart, right? So the other day, the one with Smith. That just got pushed back to where it's not even going to get looked at real serious until after the election because Smith did his job. He had to go through the steps procedurally. He did his job, and now the last hope they had of stopping Trump has gone up in smoke because he's not going to be in jail prior to the election. Napoleon said when, I mean, you're, when, when your opponent is making a mistake, don't interrupt him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... Anyway, thanks for the call. I appreciate it. I'm running out of time. Uh, all that stuff being in, uh, you know. The one thing that bothers me the most about these guys is they have a moment right now where they could go and save the world. All of these guys, and they're not. Where they got all kinds of purpose available to them, and they're not taking it up. But it's not limited just to them. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD. So, carpro.com, talk line 1-800-905-0989. The Common Sense Retirement Planning text line is 71307. Now we're streaming on Facebook and X and Instagram and Rumble. Uh, if I look again, that might go up again one more time. I don't know. A lot of times when I'm doing this, I sit back and I'm like, I really need to find something else to talk about because of... You know, while I'm out here and I'm being angry about certain things happening, I, I'm very mindful of the idea that you might find this all to be doom and gloom. And, uh, well, to a certain degree, the awakening of America does take some slaps in the face to awaken it from its slumber, its stupor, if you will. But on the other hand, um, you know, here's the thing. Every day... You never know what it holds in store for you. And let me explain why I say this. The salvation of this country is going to come at your level. It's going to come at the individual level. Because you're the ones getting out there and volunteering. You're the ones getting out there and putting up, uh, putting up flyers and going to meetings and all these other things. You're the ones that are actually being the activists. Being an activist is a full-time job. Yes, you do not have to stay on it the whole time. It's not like rolling around with an IV in your arm. You do not have to stay connected to politics 24-7. In fact, I recommend you not do that. But what I do say is that we can, you know, we, we've tried this and it just didn't work. We tried electing people to office, and on the federal level, they are completely and totally unresponsive. They get so enamored with the office. They, I, I, maybe they're nice. I don't know. I've never been in one. But when you know they get so enamored of the office and the the, the perks and the, the the you know everything that comes along with it that they just can't stand the idea of letting it go. 
Remember Bob Inglis? Bob Inglis. He was going to go in. He was going to term limit in himself. <laughs> and he goes in and he term limits himself. And he waits for two years. Then he runs again. He runs again. And he gets elected. And then he's changed. He's changed when he goes. Remember, he went up there as Captain Courageous. Captain Conservative. He came out as Captain Compromise. I don't know what it is up there. But here's the thing. Like I said, it all comes down to you. Some of you are going to, some of you sit back and go, what's the point? What's the point of this? Why, why do I try? Well, I mean, I, I guess it comes down to priorities. Um, I try because I was lucky enough to be born in this country. I try because I felt the call to defend this country and I did it. I try because I have grandchildren, I have children, I have friends. And I, I have a sense of purpose, so that's why I try. And if I fail, which is always a possibility, then I tried and I fought the best fight I could fight. And this is not about like being in Yale and giving it the old college try. This is about making whatever they take very expensive. I want it to hurt. So... The founding fathers, those of you that are volunteers out there, those of you that risk ridicule and all this, you have more in common with the founding fathers than anybody else you know. If you're in it for the Constitution, if you're in it for the ideal that is America, you have a lot out there. It's not just about self-determination and liberty. And this is not for the faint of heart. And for all of you that are out there doing it, you guys are bad with two Ds. You guys are the ones taking the fight up. It's worth celebrating the fact that you're out there doing that today with everything else going on. It's a much more difficult time than it was in the times of the founders now, isn't it? Yeah. And yet you do it anyway. You do it anyway. So that's why you wake up. Don't get out there and think that what you're doing is futile. It is not. I'm wondering... If the Dem how bad the Democrats really want what they're trying to do to Trump, and I'm going to tell you why that's a that's an issue, and it's a big issue. This is News Talk ninety eight nine W O R D.